Francisco 49 is deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurst, stiff form going 99. Don't get it twisted, one and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline. NDB, greatest owner of all time. Gruden, Walgren, Bill Belichick were all students of Bill Walsh. Don't ever forget. I'm Lee Gowland. I'm Brian Davis. And this is the 49er Faithful UK Show. Welcome back, guys. It's week eight, and we have the Cardinals again. It's only three weeks since we last met in a game that left us all feeling fairly devastated after we dominated the Cardinals for the whole of the game, but turnovers absolutely killed us. We put up historic numbers on offence, and uh, I haven't checked the figures, but historically I think the Cardinals had a pretty poor day on offence. So we'll be hoping for something different this time round. However, all of our investigation this week in the planning of the podcast has led us to believe there's been no real change in the last three weeks, as you would expect, with there only being three weeks difference between the two games. So what do we think about this game then, Brian? It it feels a little bit weird, doesn't it, previewing a game that we previewed and reviewed only three weeks ago. So, as you say, it was quite difficult to come up with much new material really um we're sort of heading down the path now that the next two weeks are um pretty much going to be um what sort of defines the outcome of this season if if we lose one of these games then it's pretty much dead and buried and we're going to be lucky to limp across the line at a sort of uh, 3 and 13 if we can win two three of these next three games then there's plenty more of us to kind of hang on to for for the the remainder of the season and possibly I don't really think that momentum carries itself forward from uh January to September really but when you you kind of look at how we how we ended last season and and the excitement that we all had over the well the winter the spring and the summer because it's so blooming long between each season that we can, if we, if we can get something out of these next couple of games, then we can get some of that excitement back into the season again and sort of be excited about 2019 again. But at the minute, we're literally just sort of uh, limping to the finish line, aren't we, already? And that sounds horrible to sort of speak of the season and, and think of the season in that way. But at the minute, that's if we lose either of these next two games, you, you kind of question, well, where where do we go from here? Uh, and I think if we, if we do lose one of these next couple of games, then... I'd probably be advocating to see Mullins at some point this season because at that point, if you do lose one of these next two games, we literally have nothing to lose and we may as well evaluate absolutely everything on the roster. And if that means you rest Staley and you you put the likes of Guillaume or Coleman in at left tackle and right tackle or possibly put McGlinchey over to left tackle, then that's what you do. You, You have a look at people like Tavarius Moore at cornerback and even possibly Julian Taylor as as a pass rusher, because lose one of these games and you may as well write off the rest of the season for the likes of Garcon and Morris, because what's the point in playing them other than you're not going to gain anything or you're not going to learn anything by playing them, are you? So you may as well at that point not tank, but you still go through an even more deeper process of, of, of evaluation of where the season is going, because... This game on Sunday, we're two one and six teams, but really, we should be three and four or four and three, or if we didn't lose Jimmy, even better than that. And the team we're up against, they've got no right being one and six. They should be zero and seven. Yeah, completely agreed with that, and and with the rest of you, 
rest of it you said there. And I think I think you're right. We're in a position now where obviously we weren't expecting to be in. And nobody really wants to admit that if it all goes pear-shaped in the next two weeks, that is pretty much it. Or all semblance of hope has completely gone. But as I mentioned on Monday in the review, personally, I think the next six weeks is a fantastic opportunity where we can potentially get five wins. The the the, yeah, the is, one yeah. must be in the Seahawks. I don't think we'll beat those. But the other five teams there, I think we're more than capable of beating them if we can stop the turnovers. Yeah, yeah. one of the first things that I've got down for, for our offence is ball security. This this needs to change. It needs to be addressed. It needs to be something that we need to stop doing. We can't give away four turnovers each game as we've been averaging over the last three games. It, it's the number one thing that we've got to do to, to win games. We, we proved this in the last game against Arizona where we turned the ball over five times. They didn't turn the ball over at all and they beat us by 10 points. It, it was... And we had all of those plays. We set records. We did this. We did that. And that can't happen this Sunday. And it can't happen next week either against Oakland. And it can't happen the week after that against the Giants. Yeah, I agree this, with all this of that. This little period that we're in now, we might as well record. We could pretty much record the same podcast. That if, if, if it, well, depending on on the outcome of how um, Sunday goes, but it, it potentially we could we could be saying the same things for the next three weeks dependent on how these games go. Yeah, completely agreed. I mean, definitely for the next three weeks. Oh, unless we see significant improvement, I think each podcast is going to be a case of we need to protect the ball. We need to, yeah. The ball security needs to be number one. Keep care of that yeah. ball. And then after that, we can go back to, <laughs> to whinging and griping about the normal suspects. They're like, <laughs> we haven't got a pass rush. We can't cover. But mm. un- until we actually keep hold of the ball uh, and a beaten by a team that can actually play football, then, yeah, I I think for the next couple of weeks, at least, we're going to be saying ball security is going to be number one. Yeah. So you mentioned Garcon as one of the players that potentially, I mean, Garcon and Alfred Morris, potentially you could just turn around and say, look, just sit on the bench. That's pretty much your season over. And to be honest... Yeah, we call upon him when we want, yeah. To be honest, I, I wouldn't be too sad to see Garcon go at all. Um, I think there's question marks over, over whether or not he's going to play this weekend. Dante Pettis looks as though he will play this weekend. So for for me, if both Goodwin and Pettis are both fit and available, I would start those two on Sunday. Absolutely, yeah. And then you also you have the likes of Richie James and and Bourne as well. It's uh, it's continued self evaluation. Richie James gets a chance to shine. Bourne gets to, a chance to sort of continue his stake for a claim of a 2019 roster spot. If these guys can prove something in the next six, seven, eight weeks of the season or, or through the rest of the season, potentially you could look, yes, we probably still do need a, an out-and-out number one wide receiver, but these guys now have got the, a real chance to make a name for themselves in, in staking a claim for that roster spot for next season and give... Uh, you know the the front office and Lynch and that the the chance to think well I like what I saw in him in the in the second half of the season we'll uh, we'll go one way in free agency and then we'll look at somewhere else in uh, in the draft now because these guys have proved themselves to me in the second half of the season that they can do something so maybe we don't need to go with the number one wide receiver in the draft but maybe they'll look at that in free agency that, that's you know that seems to be the, that that's 
all pretty much that I'm clinging on to now in, in this season. Yes, I want to win games, but I want to see some of these youngsters come up and play and 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 really have a chance to shine because Garcon and Morris and players like that at the moment, they're just blocking them. They're, they're just getting in the way of, of, the, of the progress of these young players now. And I don't think we're going to learn anything by from, from seeing too much of them. No, I think you're right there. And somebody else who could possibly do with being sat is uh, Matt Breda. He, I mean, he, he hasn't practiced yeah. Wednesday, he hasn't practiced Thursday. I'd be very surprised if he practice, practices today as well, to be honest. Um, I think it'll do him the world of good to sit. And I'm not just saying this because I've started uh, Mostert in his place on my fantasy team. Um, <laughs> if he's fit, then he's fit. But yeah, I think he could definitely do with one to two weeks rest to get over the ankle injury because it just keeps on coming yeah. back every single week. Yeah, I, I, I guess there's a chance that he's probably going to be active, but I, I think you're, you're right in your thinking there that I, I, we said it before as well that it's, this is the kind of game that potentially you could say to him, right, we want to sit you down, we'll, we'll make you active, but we're, we're not going to start you. We're going to give most at the start and see how he gets on. And at some point, Breeder needs to think of, of himself in in a in in protecting himself rather than himself as I want to get out there and do well for the team, which we've said is completely admirable, and you've got to love someone who wants to get out there and and play like that. But he's potentially one knock, one hit, one twisted ankle from finishing his season. He'll he'll then be questioning himself for thinking, well, if I'd have sat out for a week and re- and sort of and re- rested and recovered and, and recuperated from the injury the previous couple of weeks he possibly would not be in that situation. So he needs to look after himself because the, the way that most that's going, the, the, we've got McKinnon to come back. He, he needs to think of himself in his own career, in his own sort of um, situation on the 49ers roster. One week out isn't going to cost him a roster space, but if he gets injured playing because he is, you know, carrying a knock or he's only 50% fit, that potentially will cost him a roster space if he's out for 12 months with... You know, touch wood, it won't happen. But with a, you know, with an ACL type injury or you know, a ruptured Achilles or something. Yeah, I, th- I think the difficulty that Brad will have about making that decision for himself this week, if it's not made for him by the coaching staff to say, "Look, you're going to sit." I think the difficulty in himself is the fact that we're going up against a Cardinals defense who are ranked thirty second against the rush. Yeah, he could have a two hundred yard game if he's fully fit and ready yeah, to go. Yeah, and I bet you that's playing at the back of his mind. Oh yeah, it would yeah. Be, wouldn't it? it? It'd be, you know, it'd definitely be right at the, at the uh, well, probably even at the forefront of his mind. To be perfectly honest, yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. I mean, I, I would relish that if I was going up against yeah, a team would, that yeah. you think is the worst at uh, stopping what you do. I'd be saying, yeah, yeah, just give us painkillers. Yeah, you'd be doing whatever you could to yeah. strap up, get the painkillers, get the shots inside, just to get out there and play. Yeah, definitely. Right. Are we expecting to see? Anything different this time around against Cardinals? But ball security aside, are we expecting to see any, anything different? Are we going to have more of a pass rush against them? <sighs> We've got to, haven't we? Anyone and everyone, everyone you listen to this week on various different preview shows and radio stations and everything, they're they're all saying how poor the Cardinals O line is. We saw it ourselves. We just didn't take advantage of it, did we? And <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's got to happen, hasn't it? At some point this season, it's got to happen. Well, obviously, I mean, I mean, I think that if you look at the at the if we sort of cover the 
um, Cardinals' offense and our defense in one go. They've just put Byron Blumen Leftwich as their offensive coordinator. He was one of the worst quarterbacks I can remember over the last 15 or so seasons in the NFL. I mean, he's never called plays before. They've made a mid-season change after uh, Mike McCoy was sat. Will that inspire them? I don't know. Byron Leftwich needs to be a hell of a lot better of a play caller than he was a quarterback. It's it's not quite making Blaine Gabbert your offensive coordinator, but it's pretty blooming close. <laughs> so they're a team in turmoil right now. Rosen, yes, he's got some games under his belt, but this is like this is probably, if not our second best chance to dominate a game, our best chance to dominate a game on defense. And and we've got better ones to come in the next couple of weeks as well. So this could be the the the, the sort of the um the thing that lights the touch paper for the defense. If they can go out there and get five or six sacks in this game, all of a sudden that that confidence goes into the Oakland and goes into the Giants game, and boom, we're we're on a we've got a little winning streak going. It, this is our best chance to to dominate as a as a defensive unit this week. And I think there's a real chance for Buckner and for Foster to really sort of spring to life, if uh, especially if Foster can stay fit this weekend. And I'm going to call it now. Solomon Thomas will get us this weekend. It's coming. Right. It's going to happen. So, I'm calling so, it. So from, from my side, <laughs> your, your voice dropped out just at the inopportune moment. So I wasn't quite sure whether or not you said Solomon Thomas was going to get a sack or going to get some sex this week. Because it sounded more like the latter. Yeah, Solomon Thomas is going to get a sack this week. Sack. At least one. It's coming. I can see it. I've seen it in me tea leaves this week. Well, you mentioned Foster before, and apparently Foster's been carrying a shoulder injury for the last uh, two or three weeks now. Uh, yeah, though, I saw a little bit of film footage this week where he was pretty much tackling with one yeah, arm. Yeah, I mean, what why on earth start him <laughs> if he's like that? We've got Elijah Lee sat in the, uh, Elijah Lee? Yeah, Elijah Lee sat on the bench there. When he came in early on the season, he was fantastic. Stick him on. Give Foster a rest. Yeah. Yeah, it's a... yeah I would disagree with that at all. Um, and, and in terms of the uh, the Cardinals' offence, I think we just need to limit David Johnson again. He's had a terrible season. Um, reading up on him this week through Pro Football Focus, he's, had, he's averaging less than a yard before his first contact. And prior to this year... Throughout his career, he was averaging almost two yards before he had contact. So they're using him less in the passing game. Um, and he was an even better receiver than he was a runner, by all accounts. And he led the all running backs in receiving grade on there. And had over or close to 900 yards and 42 first downs in the passing game. So th those are all NFL highs. So for whatever reason, they've gone away from, from David Johnson in the run game. So I would imagine that Leftwich is per first sort of port of duty or call of duty for the offense on Sunday will be to completely turn that on its head and David Johnson will probably be seeing 25, 30 carries possibly as well as maybe seven or eight, ten targets in the past game I would have thought. Yeah, that's what I thought as well. As, as soon as I found out about Mike McCoy being sacked, I thought when we come up against them this Sunday, David Johnson's going to get the ball time and time and time again, and they're going to continue until yeah, it works. Yeah, they're going to go. They're going to go away from um, well, what's what's pretty much let them down all season is a lot of the Cardinals fans are calling for you know Johnson needs to get the ball. So I would imagine, like I say, the first thing that they're going to do is go straight to Johnson and uh, 
like I say, they're going to sort of try and pound the rock with him and try and kill the game out that way, I would have thought. Yeah, yeah agreed with that. Right, what are the aspects of the game or are, from the team who are we expecting or are we not expecting anything? Um, I think this game is a chance for CJ to bounce back. I think there's a, a good chance that he can play a really good, clean game in this, move the chains, manage the game well, take less chances, and more importantly, win the game. Um, yeah, if we can limit the turnovers, then we'll win the game. We've had more turnovers than a bakery this season. It's uh, <laughs> there's a there's a chance for our O line to have a. I mean, they, they our O line I thought did reasonably well against Aaron Donald last week, considering it was Aaron Donald and yeah. Sue and all those guys. It's pretty brutal for him. I think there's a real chance for if we can limit Chandler Jones, we pretty much stop. Their, their pass rush. I mean, Chandler Jones absolutely destroyed us at times in the game three weeks yeah, ago. So it's going to be a, a big game for our O-line. But I think if we can maybe send over a double team, maybe get Selleck involved in there with a bit of blocking, you know, there's a chance. if we can limit him, we will move the ball and we will score points and, and we will win the game. But if we don't, it's going to be another close one and it's going to be possibly too close for, for comfort at times. So that that's pretty much um, where I am. If if we can limit Chandler Jones, stop David Johnson, then we'll, we'll just sort of try and pick up the pieces from there. If Sherman's not playing, <laughs> yeah, that's a bit of a worry. I, I don't want to think about that, but I'm I'm, I'm going to assume, and you should never assume these things, but I'm going to assume that he's going to play, and he's going to probably. And I would sort of, if I was if I was Robert Salah, I'd just sort of try and keep Sherman on their best receiver at all times and take your chances on the other side of the field. Yeah, so on the flip side of that, do you think uh, Patrick Peterson's going to stick to our best receiver? Quite possibly, but you question what sort of mind frame Patrick Peterson's in, because at one point in the last week or so, he's demanding a trade and he wants out and he wants to go to a contender, and then the next thing they're coming out and he's saying, well, actually, I'll, I'll probably I'll stay and I'll see how it goes. So... You've got to question what sort of mindset he's in. The trade deadline is next week. So there's a lot of unhappy campers in Arizona. So I don't think that they're firing on all cylinders. Well, they're not because they're one and six. We're a bit like us. So I think we've, we've got to just look at that. And Peterson will probably or most likely be out to prove a point because if someone, if he has a two interception game, again, knock on wood, touch wood, it's not going to happen. But if, if that happens and someone all of a sudden comes at them and does an Oakland and throws two first round picks at them, they'd probably be foolish to you know, to turn that down. Is he worth two first round picks? Oh it's a shutdown corner, isn't he? He is. You yeah. look at what Sherman's doing for us, we picked him up as a free agent. Yeah, I know that's what I was thinking during the week. I mean if we if, obviously he wants to go to a contender. But but if we picked him up and we had Peterson one side, Sherman the other side that basically nullifies anybody's passing game against us. It would if our defensive line could get anywhere near the quarterback. Wow. Yeah. But even even with um, if you had Sherman and Peterson back there and, and if you had Ronnie Lott back there, if the quarterback has got five, six, seven seconds to throw the ball, there's only so long that those guys can uh, can stay with receivers, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. 
So in terms of the game analysis, or not analysis, but in preview, I've really not got much else to say because there's there's been such a quick turnaround that there's not there's not really much more that I sort of found I could input into say this you know this that or the other. The only other thing that I found is that the Cardinals have only one of four teams to have given up over a hundred pressures. So we have to get pressures and we have to get sacks, and that's how we win the game. Okay, so outside the game. I believe you've been down to Arizona for for a fight. I have, yes. Yeah. So, what was that experience like? Loud. It was really loud. Right. Really loud. But it was a brilliant day. Absolutely brilliant. It was an absolutely scorching hot day, as it probably invariably is all the time in Arizona. I absolutely loved it. Brilliant experience. Friendly people. Um, we had a great time there. We were only there for th- two nights, three nights, I think it was. But yeah, it was a brilliant place. Lovely people. But it was um, a fairly hostile and, and quite—I wouldn't say overly intimidating place—but it was when we were. I think we were fourteen nil or fourteen three up, and it was the season that we had quite a few first half leads, and then in, in the second half we ended up losing. And there was a sort of familiar pattern that was Harbour's last season, and. Um, yeah, we were 14-3 up and we were absolutely loving it. And then <laughs> it all sort of uh, fell to pieces in the second yeah. half. And um, yeah, it was very intimidating at times. But, uh, but yeah, smashing place. And it's one of those places that I would say to people that it's kind of off the radar as a tourist place somewhere like um, Arizona and Phoenix and um, that kind of area. But it's uh, it's a smashing place to go to. It's real, really, really good place. Um, good food. Loads of great bars all around where the stadium is there, and the baseball stadium's almost next door as well. So there's, uh, if you go at the right time of year, you can double dip. But it's blooming hot. Yeah, yeah, as, as you can imagine, <laughs> yeah, from Arizona. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. this this weekend we've got two members who are actually going down to Arizona for the game. Oh, fantastic, Crystal Leanne Nice and Andy Hodgson. Um, so so I'm going to be a bit premature with one of my tips, and I'm going to see. A, if you plan on having your photo taken and uploading it to the the group page, you might want to wipe the bird shit off your arm before you do that. <laughs> <laughs> I think that had everybody wondering what on earth was on his arm when he yeah, posted that one. Yeah, well, Crystal sent me a WhatsApp, and I, the first thing I said was, what the hell was on Andy's arm? <laughs> <laughs> it looks like the AT&T Seagulls have been down there and attacked him. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, known Andy, I, I bet you that was about his 10th layer of suntan cream that went on as well <laughs> because he does burn easy yeah he's probably got up at three o'clock in the morning and then six o'clock in the morning just to put his first couple of layers on bless him <laughs> <laughs> right prediction time over under I-, I hope i've getting this right because when i did a search on it earlier i got three different values for the over under so the one i've gone with is uh, an over under of 43 with the 49ers one point favorites yeah, that was one point favourite when I looked before I left earlier. So, I'm going under. Are you? I am. Okay. And my prediction is the 49ers will come out winners by 28 to 12. Okay. Right, well, I'm going to ramp it up this week. We need to get the feel-good factor back into the franchise. Schedule offers us the chance. Let's, like I said earlier, let's look at how we felt all over that last off-season. We're on a good run of games now to see what happens. We're going to win the turnover game. 
or we're going to win the turnover count. We're going to win the game. I don't think it's going to be pretty at times, but we're going to get revenge. We're going to split the series and we're going to win 38 16. 38 16. That's quite a I'm margin. going ballsy. You know, I'm, I'm sorry you're thinking, but <laughs> <laughs> when I made the prediction, whenever I go under 30 this season, we've basically getting up to 24 by half time. It's either 21 or 24 we get to by half time. And I think, well, that prediction's well out of the water. <laughs> but then the turnovers turn up and uh, we do keep it quite low. Um, but no, I'm, I'm going to stick with 28 12 win 49ers. Um, okay. Like you said, Cardinals are definitely an 0 7 team. Definitely, they should not have that one win. Um, looking at the offense, the way they've been playing this season, and the way we dominated them three weeks ago. As long as we don't turn over the ball, I can't see them getting more than 12 points. Yeah, the way I think of it is if, if we can go to, into Lambeau Field and score 30, we can go down into Arizona and score more. Well, we should be able to. We should be able to, shouldn't we? That's my way of thinking. Let's put it this way. If we lose this, I would say that the team have to do... Do you watch Game of Thrones? I do, yeah. Yeah, the team needs to do the Walk of Atonement back to Santa Clara. <laughs> yeah. And Scepter and Ella needs to just ring the bell behind them. Shouting, shame. 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 <laughs> ding-a-ling, ding-a-ling. Shame. Shame. Yeah, I, I, I cannot <laughs> disagree. We this against Oakland, we're like this optimism. Enjoy it now, people, because it's not going to last. Yeah. Because this almost then you almost go into, right, we need to rip it up and start everything again. And then we, we just set ourselves back. This this is a kind of this this is a kind of three week spell now that if we don't get through it in the right way and with two to three wins, this potentially puts us back at least another year on top of where we are now. So we have to win this game. And for me personally, I think this is a must win game because if we don't, where do we go next after this? Because it's a short turnaround to Oakland. Yeah, so so I disagree with the whole um, rebuild comment there. I think it. Yeah, yeah I don't think this could this can kill you if you lose this game again. It, it'll definitely kill our win loss column for this season. But when you look at what we've lost this season, and I th- what, what did I say we needed? I think we needed uh, three to five quality starters replacing. Yeah, we, we could easily get that in free agency and the draft. And I know uh, you can. Yeah, you can. You it's can, it's yeah. if. And that's a risk. It's a gamble. Uh, well, it's a gamble in uh, the draft anyway. It's not a gamble in free agency. You'd normally go with somebody who's a known quantity. Um, yeah. Having said that, I mean, we picked up Pierre Garçon in free agency and he's been next to useless for us in the last season and a half. Um, so it's not always guaranteed that way. But I don't think we're too far away. Just looking at the way we play, and I mentioned it last week, that last Sunday's game, that was the first game where we've actually been dominated and we looked really poor. The other games have been reasonably close and we've actually looked good moving the ball and that's with a backup running back and a backup quarterback. I mean, yeah. we, we said we CJ almost led a, a team of backups into Lambeau Field on Thursday night football, uh, Monday night football and came away with a win. Yeah. So I just wonder how mentally fragile they'll be uh, if... If should they lose this game, that that's the kind of way that I'm looking right. at it. Yeah, you know, it, a game like this. I mean, 
to be fair, they, they bounced back really well after the last Arizona game. But I just think that it, it, this is a, a run of games now that it, we, we've got to win these games. We've got, we've, we've got to. That, that there's, we just have to, <laughs> don't we? It, it, we? We've got to win these games. So hopefully... To, to lose these games, yes, we've got a higher draft pick, but man, it's going to be just horrible to talk about and to watch if we do lose them. Yeah, without a shadow of doubt, and I can agree <laughs> with the, agree with you there. Um, the the game day thread wasn't pretty on Sunday night. That's that's for sure. Um, and I don't know if you've noticed, but I've already put the uh, game day thread up for this week and just mentioned it. Look, yeah, let's cut out the negativity because we we can all see where we're going wrong. Um, and it doesn't yeah, help anybody. It, it, it spoils people's enjoyment of the game. So. Yeah, I mean, no one needs to fall into that yeah. trap of well, I'm a better fan than you, and yeah. I've seen this and I've seen that. Well, we've we've all seen good teams, we've all seen bad teams, some more than others. But we people don't need their noses rubbed in it at nine, ten, eleven o'clock at night when we're losing and stuff like that. So yeah, let's just try and pick at it for what we can, but let's not try and get personal with each other and pee each other off and stuff. So. Yeah, because at the end of the day, we all fans of the same team. Well, that's right, yeah. So, your prediction of a 38-16 win, I'm going to call pretty bold. Um, however, I'm going to ask you for another bold prediction, and, and this is a, okay. player, a player prediction. So, do you think... Right. And I'm, I couldn't care less about the Cardinals, to be honest, so let's keep away from them. <laughs> Can we have a bold prediction for, the, for a 49ers player? Mind you, you've already made that, haven't you? I mean, Solomon Thomas is going to have sex this weekend, so that's a bold prediction. (laughs) (laughs) You can't get any bolder than that. Sex this weekend, and I will say that. um, Oh, I'll call it now. That I'll say most for a hundred yards rushing and at least fifty yards receiving and a touchdown. Right, so one hundred and fifty from scrimmage and a touchdown. Yeah, bold enough. That's bold enough. Yeah. So I, I, think. I was going to go running back, but seeing as you have, I will go away from that. And I will say Kittle will get 135 yards and two touchdowns. And then the Pro Bowl voting should open up soon, shouldn't it? He's, we, we've got to do our bit for him to get to the Pro Bowl this year in the fan yeah, voting. Yeah, it's after this uh, weekend. If he doesn't go automatically. Yeah. yeah, if he doesn't go automatically, we need to do our bit yeah, for him. Yeah, definitely. Hopefully he's getting the exposure nationally that he deserves because he has had a good season so far. Yeah. Hashtag put the kettle in. <laughs> put the kettle in. <laughs> right, tips. Tips for San Francisco. Um, I can't remember who went first last week. Uh, so I'll let you go first this week, Brian. Okay, well, uh, let's, why, let's put another bar out there. Why not? It's uh, Jack's Cannery at Fisherman's Wharf. Um if you want a day out on the source with a, I won't say with a pleasant view because it's quite dark in the bar, but it's then Jack's Cannery down at Fisherman's Wharf is the bar for you. If you if you if you want a day out down in the wharf and you want to try up to, I think they've got about seventy five or eighty beers on. Yeah, top, that's right. Then this is the place for you to go. Um, and if you tell the barman that you like Anchor Steam or you like cider or you like Guinness or you like Porter, whatever you know, whatever you like, IPAs. They've got it there in in numbers. So if you tell him what you like, he'll 
give you stuff that you've never tried before that you think, oh yeah, I like that. I'll, I'll have another of those, or I didn't really like that. I'll try something else. And the guy that's been behind the bar a couple of times that I've been there has been a smashing fella. Um, and yeah, it will pretty much talk you through any of the beers that he's got on on tap there. And the only thing that I would say, because it's quite dark in there, I've been in there twice and I've made the same mistake twice, is I went in there at about lunchtime, had about five pints and came out into the blazing hot <laughs> California sunshine and the blue sky. And geez, did I, I feel absolutely whacked when I came out of there because it just blinds yeah. you. Um, that said... It's well worth a session down there, and you're not too far from In-N-Out Burger if you want to soak it up a little. Uh, the cable car's just up the way, so you haven't got to worry about your transport back into the city if you're staying in Union Square area. Um, or, you know, you can head off into into the piers or whatever and uh, sort of carry on your session from there, really. So, that yeah, I'd say Jack Jack's Cannery Bar is a, a brilliant place if you want to go and uh, – Try some different beers that you've never tried before, and uh, have a good old good old session. So I can def- definitely second that recommendation because I've been in there a few times as well, um, and they do live music as well. Uh, yeah. I don't think it's every day, but uh, the couple of times I've been in, they were doing live music, and the barman, the barman was English. He actually made a point was to it? come over to me and David and uh, having a discussion with us because he, he recognised the accents. Um, he yeah. told us where he was from, but I can't remember. Um, but after he basically introduced himself and said, oh, yeah, I'm from England as well, off he went, and then he never came back well, and talked to us again. <laughs> so I don't know if it was the fact that we were Northerners that he didn't like. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, the bar itself is absolutely fantastic, lovely range of beers. It, it feels like a nice atmosphere in there. It, it is good when the music's playing, and like Brian said, just around the corner is In-N-Out Burger. Uh, you've also got a little crepe shop, uh, just just along from In-N-Out Burger as well. That's quite nice if you want something more healthy than a burger. And then the opposite side of the road... Nah, you're on holiday, have a burger. <laughs> <laughs> well, the opposite side of the road, about 75 yards down on the left, um, there's an Italian place. I can't... Ch- Chopinos or something like that. And it's absolutely okay. gorgeous. That, that's, that's a lovely restaurant there. So if you do find yourself there getting into the evening and you've had a few... Just pop across the road and see if you can get into that Italian, because that's that's definitely well worth it. And that, that, so so that's a tip I wasn't expecting given, but that's an absolutely fantastic um, Italian restaurant, and it's literally only yeah five minutes walk from P thirty nine, so you can even pop along yeah. there as well once you're stinking of garlic. <laughs> right, I'll use that as my first tip. Um, so I'll do my second tip, and then you can get on with your yeah. next one. So I'm going to keep away from food and drink this time. Um, And I'm sure this was one of the ones that was on the missed podcast or the missing podcast. And it's about Stanford. If Stanford are playing at home, get yourself down there. It's fantastic. Lovely stadium. Um, It's interesting to to see the college game compared with the professional game. Uh, But one word of warning, you're not allowed to take alcohol in there with it being an academic facility. Um, but it's a lovely stadium anyway. They do cheesy chips, uh, not cheesy chips, garlic chips. Lovely. Um, once you get off the Cal train at Palo Alto, it's it's about five minute walk to the stadium, and you walk past the little retail outlet where there's some bars and restaurants there. Um, so if you haven't arranged any tailgating, just pop into there and get yourself a few drinks. And you are literally just over the road from Stamford Stadium. Um, 
trying to think. Yeah, I've, I've, I've not ventured down to Stanford yet. It's uh, even though I've kind of adopted the the Bears as my sort of college team. I know that they're sort of historical rivals and everything. But yeah, it's, it's definitely somewhere that I would, uh, if if the chance occurred and I was out there and on a Saturday and they were at home, I'd definitely uh, venture down that way and watch a game should the uh, chance prevail. Yeah, it's definitely well worth it. And the good thing about going to the college game on the Saturday on the car train. And um, bearing in mind, this is exactly the same call train you get on the Sunday morning um, down to Mountain View yeah. for the 49ers game. On the Saturday, you can drink on the train. There's no ban on a Saturday. For some reason, it's mm. only for the NFL game on a Sunday. So, yeah, just before you get on the call train at 4th, 4th Street, just across the road, there's I think it's a Safeway. Pop in there and get yourself a six-pack. Drink those on the yes, train. Yes, there is, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's my second tip, Stanford. Excellent. So, um, if anyone's been on holiday to Orlando, which I'm sure loads of people have, um, there's some outlets to be had. You have to travel a little bit to get to them, but it's, they're sort of very similar to the outlets in Orlando. Um, for those that have been out there, it's got all your sort of normal discount um, shops with your Adidas and Nike and Levi's lids and fans, all that kind of stuff. And that's over in Livermore, the San Francisco premium outlets. Um, you can get there on public transport. I've not done it because um, we had a car. Um, and we had a, a friend who took us there when we were out there last. But I think from what I've read, you need to get on a bus once you get off the bar at East Pleasanton and Dublin. But it's if you do get if you do want to have a sort of uh, trip out afternoon shopping and stuff, it's well worth going across the bay, um, going across there. And there's loads of other stores on the route as well. So all your Dick Sporting Goods, Target, Walmart's, all that kind of stuff is on the way. So if if you ever sort of fancy a day out shopping and you want to go and get some 49ers gear cheaper than what you would get it for in the city and some sort of older stock and discounted stuff and, and reduced stuff, then that's definitely the place to go to and head for. But like I say, it's probably a bit more of an effort on public transport. But if you do have a car, um, then it's definitely worth uh, making the effort to, to go out there to that. Especially if you're, if you've been to Orlando, then you, you know exactly uh, the sort of type of uh, retail yeah. outlets that yeah, you're going definitely. for and, and the sort of the layout and everything, which uh, I don't know about I know that you've been to Orlando, but and I don't know how you do it. But when I when I go to Orlando, I've been three or four times now. I pretty much take two to three days worth of clothes, and then I buy the rest when I'm yeah, out there. Yeah, that's what so, I do. And, and, and you, yeah, you could do the same out in San Francisco if you've got the uh, availability to get out there in a car or via the public transport to go and uh, treat yourself. Yeah, great. Thank you for the tips, Ryan. Right. Thanks for listening, guys. Um, don't forget to subscribe to whichever medium you use to download the podcast. Obviously, we're available on Podbean, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play in the US. Um, as well as that, if you could go to the YouTube channel and subscribe to that, it'd be much appreciated. We're trying to get the subscription up to 100 so that we can change the channel ID from a random set of numbers and characters to 49 of Faithful UK, and that means it'll be advertised whenever anybody um, types 49ers into Google. One of the sites that should come up is our YouTube site, which will then direct people over to both the podcasts and the Facebook pages. So if you can do that, that would be appreciated. I think as it current currently stands, we are 25 subscribers short of the 100 to do that. Um, so yeah, if you haven't subscribed, get yourself over there. You you won't be bothered much with notifications as, I mean, at the moment, we've only got seven videos on on the YouTube site. Um, so it's, it's not a high 
a high traffic website, you're not going to be bothered that much. Um, so yeah, that'd be much appreciated. All right, thanks a lot, guys. Yeah, cheers. Thank you very much.